Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Welcome back, everybody, for the 2020 edition. 2020! I knew this was going to be the best year! Oh, this year... For horror, this is the best this, year. This is the most horrific year. It is indeed. And we're going to be full of spice and adventure again. Starting with Braid from 2018, even though at one point it said 2019. Braid is a film about these two girls who are drug dealers. And they almost get caught. They run away. And they go and visit their friend from childhood who has mental issues and a ton of money and they want to steal the money from her. And in order to do that, they're going to have to play her game because she demands that you play games if you're around her. Just like my sisters, actually. Yes, your sisters do demand that we play games anytime we're with them. Um, There are three rules to her game. Uh, Can you name these rules? I can name these rules. Rule one, everyone must play. Still sounds like my sisters. Rule two, no outsiders allowed. My sisters would not say that. Rule three, nobody leaves. Eh, they might say that one. In, if your sisters were in control. Yeah. Really, that would be a rule. Yeah. So that's that's the thing in brief. And of course, we're going to be full of spoilers, as always. And basically, everything I have to say about this movie is very spoilers. Me too. So I think we should start with the idea of these rules and i have the question did the movie did the plot of the movie follow the rules that's tricky and if so how did the rules fit into the different possible explanations for what was going on yes one of my questions about this movie was what was going on because there's a lot to that and so I feel like the answer to that determines whether it followed the rules or not. So what are the possible options? What are your possible explanations for what was going on here? I don't know if I even have an explanation. Like, uh, to get into a whole other side of things, this is going to be a total sidetrack, but for the first two-thirds of this movie, I was like, this is all too obvious. This is too straightforward for how they're acting like it's mind-bending and stuff. And then there's a big twist... And it's not straightforward anymore at all. Okay, wait, what was your big twist? Well, the big twist was that... Uh, <laughs> this movie is confusing. But, right? But roughly, approximately, the twist is that the two girls who came to visit weren't just visiting. They were there all along. I, and I'm not even sure... Okay, one of the girls is the one who got away and came back. But even she, I don't know if she ever actually physically left this house. I don't know. How long are you thinking? Like, they weren't there since childhood. Maybe? No, because the wanted poster or the, like, missing posters were them as adults. That's true. If they had been missing since they were children, it would have shown them as children. Okay. Yeah. 
So, so I think. Oh, I have a whole other thing now. Okay, you've go ahead. Me, no, you made me think of another explanation here. Okay, so here's what I think okay. is happening. And again, I agree with you. This movie is confusing, and so I have like this vague idea of what's going on, but I can't actually like make it make sense altogether. It's just if you don't look at it too close, it works. Yeah, which might be a thing. So. There was this situation when they were kids and they pushed uh, Daphne out the out of the treehouse tree and she got broken in both physically and mentally, as far as we can tell. Yeah. And but she prior to that was super bossy, right? Was in charge, yeah. was making them play this like weird game, which I really thought we would find out why she was making them play this game. Like there was some messed up something in her oh, home had life. To be. Yeah. With a mom and a doctor. <laughs> that makes sense. That, like, she kept making them reenact, right? Yeah. So they push her out of the treehouse by accident, I think. She gets broken. They go off and do their thing in the world. They come back, like you said before, to steal her money because yes. her parents had, or her grandparents who were raising her had both somehow died. Uh huh. At the same time, and weird, you, know, huh? you said you know it's her grandparents raising her, so yeah, there could be a whole thing with her right. mom and a doctor that ended badly or whatever. They ran off together, yeah. or she got taken away from her mother, or something happened, right? So she's reliving this trauma through play as a child. Fast forward, it's like fifteen years later. They're all in their mid twenties, is what I assumed. Yeah. The two that left come back to try to take money because these are all terrible people. Yeah, they're pretty terrible. But see, then it starts to get weird because you don't actually know what all the loyalties are. Like, like the loyalties keep changing. Like, it's a triangle, but the strongest yeah. connection keeps shifting. Right. And who's in charge? So, my theory is that they're actually still children mm. Which, making up this story. Yeah, the end kind of suggests some of that. Yeah. But only some, which leads to my theory. So, and, and that would explain how, like, weirdly uneven the, the plot is mm-hmm. going forward. Like, that, you know, because I was part of a triangle. Like, my sister and I and a girl cousin, we were all sort of oh, the same age. Who did you kill? <laughs> I can't tell you. Oh. We're being recorded. Right, I forgot about the recording. Um, No, but we, you know, we would get together whenever we were in the same place it was always drama because there were three of us. And so particularly this cousin who was the one got to like decide which of my sister and I she liked better in every any given moment <laughs> yeah. and then would pit us against each other. And I don't think it was intentional. She was a child. Like we were children. Yeah. But like there was always this drama going on and there was always one person being left out. And that's what kept happening in this movie. Yeah, it definitely switched and sometimes... Tilda was in charge of everything and uh-huh. really aggressively so. Uh-huh. But then there was a part at the very end where suddenly they're really grown up adults. We only see Daphne at that yeah. moment. It's like the last shot of the movie. And that's when Tilda walks in the door and is like, hey, mom, I'm home. Which is the starting line of their game, right? Like yeah. that's how it starts. Clearly, she's been living there for a long time and it's all run down and destroyed. And it, that's when you were talking earlier, got me thinking, what if that's when this all started? They didn't come home until she was really old. I mean, not really old. She's like 50. That's when this all started, and they're imagining all the other stuff. 
I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. Okay, but to go back to my question, did the movie follow the rules? Everyone must play. No outsiders allowed. Nobody leaves. Well, and the fact that you're asking this question makes me think about it because it, I was kind of like, the rules don't seem like a big deal. Like, you know, the whole no outsiders thing. I thought, oh, well, somebody's, you know, going to come to the door and they have to kill them. And, you know, so there's no outsiders, which... I so mean, technically that happened. That did happen, but not until he'd but already visited. It? it didn't. It did not. Okay, we're going to come back to that because that's another one of my points. <laughs> but this is a great discussion of a movie. Did it happen or no. didn't it? No. No. Yes. Maybe. That not. thing that happened didn't, didn't happen. happen. Okay. But he had already come and visited the house before that while they were still playing the game. So, like, it kind of didn't matter. But then you were asking about it, and I'm like, maybe that's the lens that explains all the layers and what's happening, is that these rules were followed to the letter, which would mean, what, they were always playing since they were kids, maybe? Uh, there were no outsiders ever, which we kind of get because the cop didn't seem to be real. He kind of was Kaiser Soze on the floor there a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, they the usual suspected that <laughs> there at the end. Yeah. And what is it? Nobody leaves. Uh, that's definitely... That, that was a major part of it, is that theoretically, at least, Petula, which I think should be Petula, but they called her Petula, which is the worst name I've ever heard. <laughs> She kept getting burned as a consequence, as a punishment for leaving over and over. Right. Which you're but not allowed to do. Here's the thing. At no point did she leave. The only leaving That's in the, the movie was that the two girls, Petula and Tilda, left in and became, yes, as, as children, grew yeah. up, became drug dealers, and came back. If that happened, and it doesn't feel like it did. Because, like, there's the whole thing about Coco doesn't really exist, so that's not real. I don't know. See, I started to feel like that um, Tilda was Coco. Sure. Because I feel like, again, because I was a girl and I was part of girl drama, Mm -hmm. I feel like of these three, Petula is the one who is the least in control at any given time. Yeah, she was definitely like the... The victim of the whole game. Yes. And they both liked her, and sometimes they would have her on their side, and, you know, it was all great. But she was... And maybe it was because they liked her best, but she was always being torn, you know, pulled back and forth between them, or being treated well, or then being mistreated. Mm -hmm. She never... There was never a point where I felt like, oh, now she's in charge. Yeah. Whereas it kept going back and forth between Daphne and Tilda, and I was like... I, which one of them is really controlling this situation? That's the confusion for me. Not not who's controlling, but you know the, the question that we've been struggling with this whole time of what happened, what was going on. Yeah. Because like, there's the scene where they're beating the cop to death, and Petula can't handle it. She's freaking out in the corner, and the other two are way into it, and they tear mm-hmm. him to pieces. And you know, if that didn't happen. What was happening, and were they... Was that a game? They were enacting that scene and having fun with it, and she wasn't having fun, or... See, that's where it goes back to the children thing. Yeah, like, I think like that makes story. sense if they were like, and then the cop came in, but then, oh, but then I sat up and 
stabbed him in the back and then oh and I you know and then they you know those two get really into what's going on and Petula is over like going okay this is maybe (laughs) a little more intense than (laughs) I wanted it to be I don't know I don't know and that's like a it's a problem I was having is I mean is it good or bad because or am I just too dumb for it this this happens a lot with movies I'm finding is that I might be too dumb for the movies but on the other hand what I was seeing earlier in this movie was especially Daphne seemed really like a broad over-the-top villain and I'm like oh she's so psycho like traditionally psycho that it's really cheesy and dumb but then after the twist I'm like oh okay that was sort of fake that was all part of the game and it didn't happen because the cop wasn't real so you know, it's it's more layered than that. It's not the cheesy thing I thought it was. So the other thing that the other clues that make me question whether any of it happened at all were how those wounds, like they oh. had all these wounds oh. that kept disappearing. Like yes. at one point, Daphne cuts Petula's mouth, sort of like a Joker smile. Yeah, and she cuts Tilda's eyes. Yeah, where she cuts lines <laughs> down from the eyes. So and and when you combine that with the like block colored outfit she was wearing in sort of a satiny fabric, yeah. she was what is that clown? Uh, like a Raggedy Ann doll. No, uh, I'm thinking of there's a there's a like an old timey clown. Here's where Alex is screaming at us while she's okay. listening because she knows who I'm talking about. I want to say it's like from an opera or something. Where the opera they were singing in the movie? Quite possibly, I don't know because I don't know opera well enough. But like, there's a there's a an old fashioned clown who's like in that kind of outfit and has white makeup with like star yeah. makeup around the eyes, and that's what those cuts looked like to me. Yeah. But then those cuts all disappeared. Like they later they were in perfect health. And Petula was like, "Oh wow, it's gone. I'm so glad." Right, but it wasn't explained at all, or even Petula's. Burnt yes, cigarette, cigarette burns, burns on her arms. They were just gone after... Which, again, it feels like a child telling a story. It, yeah. It comes... And then once it's not necessary anymore, they're just like, whatever, that's over. We, we don't care about that part anymore. Yeah. Like, er, early on, I was like, is she slipping them drugs? Why are they tripping out? And, you know, the whole world's twisting around them. But then later, it's because it's not real and they're all crazy? Maybe? Uh, I don't know. But then, like what you were saying with the wounds, there was the scene where Petula is shaving her face because she's the doctor. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows a doctor is a man, by definition. Obviously. So she's shaving her face, and it's clearly, uh, you know, a fake razor with a blood squeezer on it. And she's just squirting blood on her face as she cuts. And it's it was such a weird scene because it was so obvious that she wasn't getting any cuts. She was just having blood on her face. As she shaves her face and sings the, the song, I think from, I think it was from Figaro. Um, I don't know anything about it. I don't know either other than she said that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I recognize that as a name of something. Um, but yeah, and at the same time, interspersed with those shaving scenes were Tilda as the daughter eating a bowl of Fruit Loops, mm-hmm. only kind of refusing to eat the bowl of Fruit yeah, Loops and being spoon really it. obnoxious. It was one of those moments where she was being the daughter, but she was clearly in control of the scene, yeah, which was weird. Was. And then 
a third interspersed thing happening was the three of them in like blank green face masks yeah, having a pillow scene. fight. Yeah. What is ha- why? I don't know. <laughs> I was just concerned about the the blood for no reason on her face without yeah. any cuts, but and she had no reaction which to it. maybe is about the fact that it's not real, it's a story. And yeah, she wasn't bothered by it at all. And yet there was also the pillow fight and the kid thing and and I could not like I was like okay what what is the symbolism here what is happening why are these three things all happening at once except okay okay the storytelling aspect of it that was a moment where all three of them were trying to be in control mm-hmm. of the story and so I don't even know I don't know so Tilda's <laughs> in control of the daughter eating the cereal and being obnoxious part of it i would say petula would have been in control of the pillow fight because she was the least violent and aggressive of all of them and it seems like that's where she would have wanted to steer it like then we had a pillow fight but then that would leave daphne the mom in control of the doctor shaving yeah which maybe because Daphne did seem like the most screwed up of all of them. Yeah, like she, liked she was cutting things for sure. Yeah, and she liked but the now doctor. You got me thinking, and it's way too late to find this out. So if you're watching this later, check it out, people. I'm wondering because I was really noticing when Tilda was like outside tripping out, the world was all purple, mm-hmm. and then there was like a brief shot where it was red, and I was like, oh wait, maybe. The purple is good stuff. The lavender is good because she was kind of happy about that. And the red is bad. And now I'm wondering if there were stylistic considerations that showed you in each scene whose story was being told. And my brain just popped. I could see it happening. It's called braid because the three stories are interwoven through each other and they're forming a complete tale. Are they though? I did not successfully. I feel like I'm on board with this. Yes. Except which, I don't think they did the which color thing. then makes me feel like maybe we just weren't smart enough for this movie. That's and we what might I'm need to of. watch it again. But here's the thing. One of my things I wanted to talk about yeah. was all the different ways that they played up tension in this movie. And they like messed with your brain as you were watching it. Yeah. And color was one of them. Definitely. Um, not just color choices, because there were like some very bold like reds and that purple when she, you know, after she took the, what drug was it? She thought it was Vicodin, but it turned out it was something else. Yeah, I don't remember what it actually was. Um, which again was one of those moments of where Tilda had control of the story for a second and she's like, I'm just going to take some Vicodin and it'll be happy. Like, we'll all be happy. And then, and then death. No, wait, Petula was in charge of the story for a second. was like, I'm just going to take some Vicodin and it'll all be happy. And we'll dance in the forest. And then Tilda was like, Oh no, (laughs) that's not Vicodin. And like, she wrested control of the story away from her. Interesting perspective. I feel like we really missed this entire movie. Well, speak for yourself. Okay, I'm I'm only speaking for me. <laughs> I feel like me and my wife really missed this movie. <laughs> I'm presenting this theory to you. I know. I'm talking about all the other things we've been saying. All your other it's wives? Like, yes. 
No, okay, so they used color, but they also used contrast. Like every the contrast was dialed way up in a lot of the a lot of the scenes where you know everything was very stark, mm-hmm. and um, there were textures like the gum on the underside oh, of the yeah. bus seat, like and like there were there were times where those textures were really important, and they were always done. Like the gum isn't, it's, there's nothing, I mean, it's kind of gross, but it's also, there's nothing inherently scary about gum on the bottom of Um, the bus seat. During COVID, there's something inherently scary about it. A lot of this movie is scary for COVID. Yes. She kissed a mirror on a train. She licked the mirror (laughs) on the train. Uh Which reminds me, solely, that was intercut with an old lady licking a mirror who might have been Petula. Might have been. So, like, then there's the old versions of them again. I don't... Yeah. But, okay, so there were were all of those things. There were shadows. There were very jarring cuts from scene to scene, which I think you might be onto something there where those jarring cuts are when somebody else took control of the story and was like, no, this is what happened, you know, and that's... It would have been jarring story-wise. I felt like there was a disordered timeline going on, but I can't actually yeah. confidently say that because I don't sure understand either. the timeline. There were definitely parts where I was like, oh, this is going to turn out to have happened before the other stuff. But yeah. then it didn't really seem like that was happening. Well, especially when I saw that like the, the scars were gone. gone. At that point, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, wait a minute. This is like she's... Yeah. We've, we've gone back in time and somehow she knows it, but that's not but what that's ends up not- happening. As we went on, it got more dramatic with, like, the angles. There were, like, the camera would go upside down. Okay, I have a complaint about this upside down thing. That's a note that I made is, like, and and maybe there's better reasons for it because all this stuff is a little artistic, but it felt like they were using upside down and backwards as ways of just showing trippiness. And they're the cheapest, dumbest ways of showing trippiness. Like, like a canted angle, I'd be like, oh, that's a little weird. But upside down, you're like, just turn it right side up. It's hard to tell what's going on, and it doesn't do anything for me. Right, it's more annoying than yeah. scary. Like, like whole scenes that were upside yeah. down. Yeah. And then sometimes backwards, like they showed the water flowing back up into a faucet, and I'm like, okay, but whatever. Which was supposed to mean something, but yeah. I did not... Like, I'm like, okay, well, clearly this means something, but even though I knew it meant something, I couldn't figure out what it meant. Yeah. Um, and then there was the time-lapse scene where she was in the hallway, and she was... Oh, I don't remember which girl it was, was in the hallway and was like, oh, it was it was, it was was Tilda because she was in the, um, the oh, satiny okay. clown pajama thing. Um, and she was like opening all the cupboards oh, and yeah. going back and forth and it started normal, but then it was like a time-lapse yeah. sped up thing. There were some forced perspectives, which sort of goes into the, you know, turning the camera upside down and stuff. But like when Daphne put Tilda in the crib after they did try to escape, Tilda and Petula tried to escape and Petula got hit by the car. Yeah, but not really, probably. No. <laughs> Again, I feel like maybe Petula had control of the story for a second. They tried to get away. Like, she keeps trying to put a happy ending on the story. That's what they mean by escaping. Yeah, because the game, I mean, what is it? Nobody leaves. The game can't actually ever end. And that could be the whole problem. Right. So anyway, after that happened, after she got hit by the car, and they were suddenly back in the house... Daphne had put Tilda in in the crib, but it was the crib was upside down. So till like at first it looks like 
the crib is stuck to the ceiling. Yeah. And that Tilda is <laughs> hanging from the ceiling somehow, but then later you realize that it's actually she's on the ground and the crib has been upside upended yeah, she's over in her. The cage. Yeah. But then also there's the dollhouse where several times because that's a very disorienting yeah, visual the dollhouse. Because dollhouse furniture, like as much as there's maybe there's a scale to it, it's never quite right. Yeah, it looks weird. And so yeah, several times we ended up looking into the house, the dollhouse. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, well, are there three girls? Is this just one I girl? I definitely had that thought several <gasps> times. Is it just Daphne? Because the other two left and Daphne had to stay home because she was broken after falling out of the treehouse? I mean, maybe. And, and then s- they don't show up until she's 50. But even at the end, maybe they never show well, up. Well, that's true. Because we don't see anybody there. And I don't even trust that if we see them, they're really there. Like, she's just... Her her parents... <gasps> <laughs> What's happening now? Okay. In your yeah. Party? Her friends... Pushed her out of the treehouse, accidentally, but still. She's injured. She can never have the life she wants. She lives with her grandparents until they mysteriously die. At that point, she suddenly starts imagining that her friends come back. The only way she can imagine they would come back is if they were trying to hurt her again. Yeah. And so this whole movie is her imagining of them being there over and over and then of her life and then the end is the fact that she's still living in that house but her grandparents have been dead for you know three decades two decades and she's just let the house fall apart around her and she's still just imagining her friends coming back and what she would do to them and with them yeah if they came back i mean that's good i that is the that is the interpretation i'm the most confident about I like that better than what I was thinking, which is that kind of the straightforward answer, which would be they did come back at the point that it showed them in the movie. You know, they're in their 20s. They were drug dealers. They came back to steal the money. And then from that point on, they just kept kind of looping because they were like losing their minds, being drugged or whatever. And so for the decades, they have been there getting cigarette burns if they try to leave. For that matter, maybe they did come at that point and steal all her money <laughs> and leave. <laughs> or she killed them, which is why the cop keeps showing up. Yeah. Except we've established... Let's talk about the cop. There ain't no cop. There ain't no cop. How do we know that? Because there was a cop doll <laughs> and Seagull paint. <laughs> yes, Detective Seagull. And then the brand of paint she was using, they were using Yeah. Seagull well, paint. And that's why... Right at that same time, we see the toy train going around, which is why it feels like the whole train trip is not real, because it's all yep. being imagined from there. And that was cool, actually. I liked at the end, I mean, even if I don't know what it means, when they were, like, spinning around through the stories, and the three of them were, like, in, like, a, you know, a pillow fort, basically, you know, having a sleepover and telling these stories, and it kind of cut away and cut back to them one by one being children instead of themselves Mm -hmm. themselves as children Mm -hmm. and I was like oh is this them telling those stories as kids or is that just they're regressing or whatever it's interesting well and I think that they did tell like I think that was what they were like the only part that didn't feel like an unreliable narrator I mean I guess it's all unreliable but the most reliable aspect of it is that Daphne was bossy and made her friends enact this storyline that meant something to her. Yeah. 
so then that you know those flashing back to when they were a kid in the tent when they were kids in the tent they were telling like this was how they hung out this is what they did is they told these stories to each other yeah but they left and so now she's just stuck there telling the stories to herself i like that version yeah i think we might have unlocked well this story you did <laughs> good job so maybe we should give it some ratings So I I have already been quite verbose in explaining all of the things I thought about this movie, so I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail. I, I think that they used a lot of interesting elements to represent things and to, to symbolize things, and I always like that. I like that I'm on the fence as to whether the story's a little broken or whether I just didn't get it. <laughs> Which tells me, like, when I'm in this place where I am right now, I generally assume that maybe I missed something. Yeah. Or, like, we figured out, like, it, that it's going to take some thinking. I like that. That's I good. don't like when I end up just being annoyed by it and, and feeling fairly confident that I understood the things that were being said and that they just didn't make sense. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and assume that if I watched it again, I would pick up on more things. Like, that, this is one of those movies that you would want to rewatch <laughs> to try to pull all the pieces together a little bit better. That being said, I don't think I liked it so much that I want to rewatch it. And it might even lose some of its appeal the second time through, because the first time through, like, whoa, all the trees are purple suddenly, <laughs> is sort of, like, it's interesting and the second time through it might be less interesting. Yeah. So I am going to give it four decorative fish hooks on the ceiling. I forgot about those. Yeah. Out of five. Okay. For me, I don't know. I just kind of have to know that I didn't understand it and kind of take it as how I was feeling it. At the time, you know, whether it was pleasant or not to be watching this movie, whether I was engaged. And I pretty much was. It was good. Not my favorite. So I'm going to go to three and a half decorative fish hooks on the ceiling out of five. Three and a half. Not quite up where you had it, but uh, but it, pretty good. I mean, I, I would kind of recommend it, except that I think anyone who has... Anyone who wants to watch it is going to have to watch it three times right. to figure it out. There's an investment in trying to and understand this. That movie. feels like too much of an investment. Like you said, I don't really want to see it again, even though I'm interested in figuring out the puzzle. Yeah. So, And I'm yeah. not 100% certain. Like, There's some movies where you're like, oh, you want to watch this again because yeah. there will be more information the second time through. You will understand it better. I'm not sure that I will. Yeah, you I think don't want to get I might, burned. But then I might watch it all over again and end up at the end like, yep, I am in exactly the same place. <laughs> Turns out this was just trash. Yeah. But uh, that reminds me when you were talking about the pillow fight. It made, it made me realize this movie kind of reminds me of the infamous hashtag horror, which was also about a bunch of girls hanging out together, having a sleepover, and being terrible to each other. Not, not very similar to this movie. I feel like, didn't we give that movie a zero? We gave it, that was our first zero ever, and our biggest zero, I would say. Yeah. And 
when you look at it that way, this is so much better. Like, it's interesting to see that kind of same experience done. It, it it's It's the same thing in that it was confusing and you're not really sure what's going on. And in that one, you could tell it was because it was terrible. And in this one, who knows? It might be really good. In this one, I sort of feel like they were going for a thing. And they were like, yes. we're going to tell this story like it was being told by children. Mm-hmm. Which is amusing, but not necessarily good storytelling. Yeah. But they almost got away with it. Like, they almost made it work. Yeah. Interesting first choice. Yeah. So here's to art that is beyond our comprehension, and we will check something different out next week. Woohoo! Something terrible. That's what I like. Puccini. Is that the name of a clown? I don't know. Okay, sorry. Pagliacci. Ooh! <laughs> I don't know. Some, it's, some, it's somewhere in there. It's somewhere in there. Okay, sorry. Continue. That's going to go at the end of the episode. <laughs>